Hello, welcome to the Bali Effect. This is Preeti Tana. And this is Didi Perry. What's up, Preeti? We're in this crazy room today. I know. It's small. We'll have to take some video. It's still dope. It's dope. Anytime we record, it's dope. You know why? This is a Bali Effect change. It is. You got to change it up every moment to moment. change it you up. You never know what's coming. We're going to roll with you it. You got a room with the view. Sometimes you're in an ice cube. It's okay. <laughs> we're fine. So we launched two weeks ago. Yes, we did. Yeah. You been talking to anyone about it? Yes, I have. And I'm trying to do it in a very non-egocentric like egocentric way. Like, have you listened to my podcast? But it's it's been really exciting to hear what folks have had to say about it. I know. It's pretty cool. I'm not nonchalant about it at all. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be having a conversation about something totally different, and then I'll dive into, you you should listen to the podcast. Have you listened to the podcast? Honestly, it kind of makes you sound a little bit super cool to say, check out my podcast. People get very impressed by that sentence in a way that I truly underestimated. Really? Yeah. Because not everybody has a podcast, even though they're prolific, right. for sure. Not everybody that I know has a podcast. And what I have really been most like overwhelmed by are people reaching out to me like, can I talk to you? Wait a minute. How did you do this? Wait, I want a podcast, too. Wait, I want my own television show. Oh, my gosh. Let's do lunch. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, I-, I don't know what I'm doing, so I don't know what to tell you. But here we are. <laughs> you know, I don't. we didn't really know, but I think I just Googled and then kind of went through the steps of trying to figure out how to how to get a podcast. I have a friend today actually that uh, is listening to it and she said I also want to do a podcast. So I told her she could guest host with us one time. Absolutely. What do you think? Wait, guest host is like co-interview of interesting funky I, people? Yeah, maybe. Maybe she could interview us. Me. Oh, that's a great idea. Well, done. And then how this happens. Maybe she could do the the Valentine's Day episode that we're thinking about. Okay. <laughs> I might need a little more structure okay. to that. Okay. To, to, more to come. More, to, more come. to come on that. But how how have you been feeling um, lately? Good. I'm pretty good. Excellent. I have the, a crazy amount of energy the past two days, I which is it. rare. All so right. I've been bopping around, doing all sorts of fun things and working and dancing again. Mm. You know, going to get back into that dancing thing again. It's yeah. been about a year and a half that I've done that. So Excellent. yeah, I'm good. How are you doing? I am tired already. <laughs> I'm like, it's the top of the year and I'm already pretty tired, but I'm also trying to be very, very deliberate about fighting against this time of year. I think, what do they call it? The seasonal affective yeah, disorder. Uh, disorder. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely hits me. Yeah. And so I have been very, very deliberately trying to spend at least like half an hour a day in the sun. Right. It's like I, whether I have to go for a walk, whether I have to like take the long way to the bus, what, whatever it is. Right. Um, because it really makes a difference. Yeah. A huge difference. And so I feel I've benefited from that. And I've been exercising again. I know. I, I went the, swimming last night. Where is there a pool? At the Y. At the Y in Brooklyn? Of course. There are a couple <laughs> of pools. It's a couple of Ys in Brooklyn. I'm quite fond of swimming. I'm Let's not fond of like, the before and after. It feels as though, especially in the winter. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of work. There's there's so many things that need to happen for me to get into a bathing suit, into a pool during the wintertime. Oh, but the after effect is lovely. Absolutely. I don't actually know if I can swim well. I mean, I can swim. I've seen you on a beach. You didn't drown. No, I mean, I'm, I, I can be in water and I can sort of do, what is that thing? You guys can't see me. Survive. I can, but I can't do like the breaststroke or, you know, the laps or any of those things. I, I was a member of a gym uh, in Hell's Kitchen a few years ago that did have a pool. Mm-hmm. And I would do it. I'm, I'm going to go to the pool. I'm going to get some exercise. I'm going to swim. But I would just get in the pool and everyone was doing laps, but I would just kind of. You know, you're not alone. Okay, I must say what is to the, the viewing audience, she's gesturing <laughs> as like some modification of a doggy paddle yeah. breaststroke <laughs> right. that, that I see her doing right now. Yeah, that's, but I get it. You actually are not alone in that. A lot of people that I know say, you know, I can swim, but I actually want to take swim lessons to become a stronger swimmer, like that person who just goes back and forth and, and does it really well. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's not on my list. That, along with running the marathon, those two things are not on my list. Not mine either. I know. It seems like torture. <laughs> 
But perhaps I will have a Bali effect moment and will change my mind Maybe. and start running. Maybe. But anyway, apart from that, Preeti, mm-hmm. pivoting just a little bit. Why not? I know we haven't said too much about um, our backgrounds before we got into what we're into now. Yeah. But can you just share for the, the viewing folk a little bit about your journey as an entrepreneur before oh. you became a media person? Uh, it's sort of before and during and after and during again. But uh, yeah, I had there were two moments where uh, I was really in love with retail. Well, I'm actually really in love with clothing and, mm-hmm. and really well-made clothing. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't remember the year. Maybe it was um, 2010. Uh, that I wanted to, I had actually always wanted to start a clothing company. Mm. Um, and so at the time I was I, maybe four years into after my yoga teacher training. And so I really wanted to start. Wait, I'm sorry. A yoga clothing company. You were a yoga teacher? I'm a certified yoga teacher. <laughs> also, you guys can't see me. I'm putting those, that in air quotes. Well, I mean, we'll I took the teacher training. That. Yeah. That's impressive. Continue. Have you guys, I mean, have you bought yoga pants of course. Yeah. Okay. So I, I thought to myself, this cannot be, we can't be spending a hundred bucks, 90 bucks on yoga pants. Ridiculous. You can go to Marshall's. You know what? My friend told me actually, he's like, do not, on this podcast, don't be dropping names of companies without them paying you. You better. Get. So there are many discount retailers where you can get much <laughs> less expensive yoga pants, but continue. But uh, I, I, yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to get launch a clothing company. So at that point I launched uh, a, a yoga clothing company with a partner. Um, and, you know, we did one sort of first run of clothing. And for various different reasons, we just didn't do a second. It sold out the first season. Congrats! No, I mean, it was a small run. I, maybe it was about 150 pieces. But a friend of mine had a yoga studio. So we had the setup. Nice. You know, we had the setup. And, of course, we were priced um, quite well compared to everything else that was in the yoga studio. So that was a really, that was a really interesting experience. And then um, – then I wanted to start a, a dress company mm. and that I was – I thought I could just sort of start this line under my name as if my name had any anything to do with anything. Eponymous <laughs> lines always work. <laughs> Everybody, the greats, um, they're all named after themselves. Yeah. Well, people that have some lineage in fashion, I guess. But there was this one dress that I had purchased. Well, purple ties doesn't sound as cool as Ralph Lauren. Fair. But continue. Fair. I had I had this one dress that I had purchased from a designer in 2015, and this dress made me feel amazing. So mm-hmm. I wanted to create a line of dresses that people could wear to work, and I could never find dresses that I liked. Uh, so that I started, or I tried to start um, in 2016 in India. That's also for another podcast. Mm. But so I had two small, small little. Um, bouts of entrepreneurship. Well, what happened with the dresses? Where can I get one? You know, the, um, I think maybe we'll get into this with our guest. I think, you know, being an entrepreneur and starting something takes a lot of grit and takes a lot of patience. Who are you telling? And the grit part I have, I don't have a lot of patience. Who are you telling? <laughs> so I think there were a few other factors at the time. I was trying to kick off that business in in, in Bombay, and and I ran into, you know, a myriad of things that were happening in the economy, um, as well as this weird thing about tailor people not wanting to share their tailors, mm. and I I didn't have a good enough network at the time to sort of tap into um, some of those things. Uh, right. So, and there were various other reasons. I had to come back to America was another reason. But um, I think I think that's part of being an entrepreneur. You know, you have to really say to yourself, I'm in it and I love it and I want to do it. And I can't tell you why I didn't do it, you know, or why it didn't take off. It just could have been a timing thing. Could have been a money thing, maybe. Well, I can definitely relate to that piece because I also made a foray into fashion. I ran out of money. Like that that was shoes. Yes, girl. That's when we met in Bali. You were working on the shoes. Yes, I was. And the thing was, the for me, being an entrepreneur, so much of it is just instinctual. Right. It's I feel I see a need in the market or I like something and I don't see other people doing it. So I'm really doing this to satisfy myself. I think there are other people who might share, you know, my tastes or my desires, whatever. And I set out to try to make fashionable, comfortable shoes for people who don't give feet. away your idea. 
listen, <laughs> take it and run with it because this is expensive. So if somebody else wants to do it, go for it, you know, because there's plenty of room in the marketplace. Mm. But I wanted to make a line for people whose feet were outside the norm. Initially, it was for people who had larger feet. Right. But when I started doing my research, I started to learn that there are people who have really small feet, people who have really wide feet, people who have really narrow feet. Right. Some people have two feet that aren't even the same size. So I'm like, well, I want to capture everybody on, you know, this wide spectrum. And I set out to manufacture them and went into it with the best of intentions right. and well, so I much think we enthusiasm. Always do. Yeah. Right. Like you were saying and the patience thing. For me, it was the persistence is so much harder. Yeah. You know, everybody's fired up almost in this with some of the same fire, kind of different. But when you start out with a lawsuit, using my other part of my <laughs> brain, everybody's so fired up in the beginning. But as that joint wears on in time yeah. and the money is starting to run right. out and you are not seeing the results immediately, suddenly, you know, a year in, it's like, wait, why did why did I do this? I, let's, let's just settle it. And for me, I got to a point where. I had no idea how hard it was yeah. to manufacture shoes of all the pieces of apparel. Shoes are the hardest because when you look, do, are you wearing shoes right now? Yes, oh, yes. <laughs> but your shoes have so many component parts. There's anyway. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, I ran into manufacturing hell, dealing with manufacturers in China. I got cheated out of tens of thousands of dollars and did not have, to your point, the network overseas right. to support really getting t across the finish line right. and ran out of money, used my own pennies, yeah. you know. And at the time, it's like, as my doctor told me, she's like, some of your stress is derived from you having all outgo and no income. And that was how I got into opening a law firm right? because I'm like, well, I need to pay these bills or I'm going to have to go back to, you know, the traditional practice, which I knew I didn't want to do. And so it was like I started taking cases here and there and then it turned to something else. But the trials and tribulations of being an entrepreneur in retail are perhaps best addressed by our guest today. I know. Maybe would you like are. to do the honors? I would. <laughs> See, we have Pia Rappaport with us. Welcome, Pia. Welcome, Pia. Hello. Hello. Um, Pia was born and raised in Brooklyn. Brooklyn? <laughs> Brooklyn. I have two Brooklyn in the house. Is yes. that what you guys say? We're very tough. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, Pia is the daughter of a musician and a fine art artist turned jewelry designer. She studied economics and sociology at the University of Maryland. She also studied graphic design at Parsons School of Design. She went on to work for over a decade in operations at design powerhouses such as Ralph Lauren and Tori Birch. Get How you girl. doing, Pia? Correct. Correct. <laughs> this is all correct so far. However. It is. Yes. In 2015, Pia launched a company called Pillow Pia. It's oh. actually pronounced Pelopia. Pelopia. Like Ooh. utopia. <gasps> like a heaven oh. of pillows, a place, your happy place. People uh, who know me I always that. say Pelopia. People who don't know me always say Pelopia. So I just want to dispel that right now. Oh, wow. Nice. Thank you for correcting us. Mm -hmm. Oops. Pelopia. All right. Tell us more. <laughs> it, sounds, <laughs> it sounds amazing. It's a home and lifestyle goods company. Uh, designs products, pillows included, of course, that embody Pia's global spirit. Uh, Pelopia has found great success, and its products are featured in home stores around the country. It also has been featured in several publications, such as Forbes, Mother Magazine, Red Tricycle, Bon Travel, California Home and Design. Welcome, yes. Pia. And so many more. <laughs> Welcome. Hopefully. We're Pia, lucky. I have to ask, you know, we chatted a little bit. Um, previous to this podcast, you're actually our first guest that neither Dee Dee nor myself really know well. So, of she course, and I are old friends. We met 10 minutes ago <laughs> in the lobby. <laughs> Stop. Okay. I feel like we know each other. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we had this conversation. I w Tell us a little bit about your path after you graduated college. What did you do right after you graduated college? So, right after I graduated college, I was pretty basic. I moved with my boyfriend who was going to law school down to New Orleans. Whoa. Um, <laughs> no. And uh, I needed to find a job. So I, I looked. There's not too many things to do in New Orleans. It's like hospitality or social work. So I chose social work. In my mind, I thought there would be time. I, I did no research. I just got in the car and drove there. And I was like, I want to work for a publishing company. Cool. Well, guess what? There's no publishing <laughs> company in New no Orleans. No one sort of informed you. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> yeah. nobody told me. So 
I thought, okay, I have a degree in sociology. Let's do some social work. Let's get this started. And at the time, I'm not going to say how old I am, but at the time, you know, you're sending in paper resumes. And I had heard if you stop by around lunchtime, you can get to talk to a manager because the receptionist is usually out to lunch. Oh, wow. That still might be good advice. (laughs) I know. I don't think that's dated at all. Right. So so I went around at lunchtime and I, I went into Big Brothers Big Sisters and lo and behold... One of the managers was the only person at the at the desk there. Call. Or nobody was at the desk. I rang and, and he <laughs> came out and he was like, well, you seem nice. Sure. This will work. That, that, <laughs> okay. that's how I got that job. That's how I got that job. Okay. So I was a case manager for a while and then decided I wanted to come back to New York. What made you decide to come back to New York? You know, I wanted to do something more creative. I okay. wanted to go to Parsons. I wanted to see what opportunities were there for me creatively. Um, Bali moment. moment. (laughs) Number one. (laughs) My boyfriend at the time was completing law school and deciding where he wanted to go. And he really very firmly wanted to stay in the South. And I I wanted to talk about other cities. He really had sort of a, a place in mind and it wasn't what I was thinking. He felt New York was hard. You know, it that is. is another podcast. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy, but I was like, listen, if you need ketchup, you walk to the corner, <laughs> it starts raining, somebody's yelling, umbrella, umbrella, umbrella. Like yes. wherever you go, you yes. raise your hand, a car stops and takes you places. It's, it's true. We there take these things for granted. <laughs> yeah. It's fair. very convenient. Mm-hmm. You want to see a movie, you really don't have to go very far. Right. Um, but it wasn't his thing. So I came back to New York and. By yourself? By myself. Girl. Actually, it was, this is a funny story. I, you know, the boyfriend and I had broken up and I was so sad. His loss. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I I hope he hears this podcast. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) And uh, I wanted to drive my possessions back to New York. Now, I I just want to make a public service announcement. You do not need your stuff. Okay, <laughs> that is its own podcast. You it's don't need drop your the money. Stuff. You don't need your stuff. The money you spend to move it, put it in storage, whatever. You can just buy all new stuff. Just yeah, just realize this. But anyway, I wanted to get a U-Haul and tow my car and all my stuff and my cat back to New York. And I called my dad, and I was I was like, I'm you know we broke up. I'm so devastated. I think I'm going to – I don't know why. I was like, I need to – I know you can't get down here right away. I'm going to go to Pensacola and (laughs) lay on the beach for a week with the little money I had. Like I'm going to go to like a Motel 8 on like the Gulf in like the cheapest city on the Gulf. I love (laughs) this. And just like chill out until you're ready to come. And he goes, okay, okay. We hang up. He calls back 10 minutes later. I'll be there tomorrow. Oh, wow. That's amazing. And we drove back to New York. We gave my cat a sedative. She laid on the dashboard. It took like two or three days. And... That's a thing. And we listened to yeah. I asked the vet. He like, would have meow. He the whole time the, he she she she, she would have been a little bit of a that, that's work. Yeah. Okay. I love this. And this um, yeah, she had a great time on the dashboard, and we listened to the entire Da Vinci Code book on tape. Ooh. That is how you do it. That is. If you're going to make that drive, that sounds like the thing Mystery to do. Mystery and wonder. Yeah. yeah. I guess road. that dates me. But no, no. doesn't. So I came back to New York and and started going to Parsons for graphic design. It was something I really wanted to do and just kind of see what was available to me. And I took class. I mean, going, getting education after your sort of primary education is so wonderful because you just like want to do all the work. I took classes at SVA. I took classes. It is true. Why didn't we want to do the work in college? I know. Because we didn't have to earn it. Yeah, that's true. It was required. It was yeah. required. And this <laughs> yeah. was something you were doing because you wanted to do it. Because you, and you chose loved it. it. Yes. Yeah. It was purely elective. So that's how I came back to New York. And then I needed a job. So I worked, you know, little jobs here and there. And then... What was the job you wanted, though? I mean, Parsons is a pretty specific graphic design is, is specific. What were you thinking at the time? Like, when I graduate Parsons, I will do this. I thought I wanted to work in commercial design. Okay. I had no idea what that meant. What does it mean? I still have no... No. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she didn't do it. I mean, creating identities right. for brands and, you know... 
doing advertising creative, that right. kind of thing. Um, but really, I think that was because I I wanted to – I was still being very pragmatic, right? I wanted to do something creative, but still, how do I make money doing right. it? So what's the most pragmatic design field? Graphic des- – you know, commercial right. graphic communication design. Play it safe. Yes. I was playing it safe. Um, and then I, I found this job opportunity at Ralph Lauren through a temp job that I had. And I thought it was in the HR department. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's kind of like social work. You know? Oh, now we're combining all of right? the things. Yeah. So I went over and I thought when I finish my graphic design study, I'll move into the graphic design program, you know, department at Ralph Lauren. And then when the time came, my boss was incredible there. And she was not one to she was the she was the senior vice president of all the generalists there. Mm -hmm. So it was incredibly interesting working with the highest levels, all these personalities. I got to know all the executives really well. And I did that for about two years. And then she was such a great boss. She was like, I want you to spread your wings. She was not the kind of person to, like, keep an assistant who's really great. You know, she wanted me to go on and do what I wanted to do. Fabulous. Amazing. So, and she really helped me, you know, build my confidence and all these things. So she said, well, let's set up some meetings with some of the executives that you could possibly work under, which is like, that never happens, right? Like, no, I don't mm-hmm. go meet with the head of women's design, men's design, whatever. So I had a meeting with the person who above, 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 you know, managed the whole graphic design team. He was in charge of product design, development, and merchandising for all of men's and most of the women's brands. So he was like huge executive. Wow. Ooh, next step, Ralph. <laughs> I know. So I get to his office. We sit down and I said, you know, I just really want to do some graphic design work. <laughs> and he said, no, 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 no. You don't want to do that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. You know. What do you what do you say to someone who says that? I mean, I, I suppose you you say okay because Jedi he's... mind trick. Yes, I do. <laughs> well, I said you know I've been doing you know I've been studying and I really and he was like well you know if you want to be creative, the designers are creative and then they give their creativity to the graphic designers and they say draw this this way and so if you huh. want to do that you need to go do something at a different company Ooh. where you can be creative but it's very executional here and. I think that's not your path. I mean, these people. At least he was honest. Yes, he was definitely honest. And he said, I want to start a new department. I want to start this library for the company where we catalog and make available the entire company's history and all the inspiration Ralph's ever done. You know, it's a, at the time, I think the company was 35 years old or so. And he said, we have all these new designers. They need to educate themselves. And we need a central place for them to do this. And I think you can do it. Your left brain, right brain. You know, I was helping him with HR things at times. He could see how I worked on a spreadsheet, whatever. (laughs) And he said, I think you can do it. And, you know, I was so young. I was cheap. And he really, I think he believed that I could do it, but I was like the right fit for the budget. Mm. <laughs> but did you know exactly what he was asking you to do or did you just think, okay, this sounds interesting? I thought it sounded interesting. Yeah. And I almost could not believe the resources that were given to me. Mm. Like millions of dollars in capital, wow. technology project, physical space project, building out warehouses. We so, did RFID implementation. But nobody knows what that is, but maybe some people some do. Some people <laughs> will know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> That's anyway, impressive. We, we did a lot of really interesting things, and and it went really well. I mean, I think if I had more experience, it might have gone to some different level, but it remains today. Oh, congratulations. It's, it's a huge department there. They actually have a building downtown. We were in Long Island City in this, like, leaky, schlocky <laughs> building. But it's moved downtown, and it's a huge resource for the company, and I, I'm very proud of what happened there. Wow. So, that's an incredible first gig-ish, so, creative so gig. why not stay there? 
So I had been there for a while. It was six or seven years. And that's like an eternity for a millennial to be in a job. <laughs> so it's like I retired. <laughs> it was, I mean, I really enjoyed the people and being around the creative environment, but I was on the verge of getting married. Hmm. Was this to the guy from New Orleans? No, no, no. Oh, go, go. He didn't, okay. he didn't come. He, he, well, sometimes he they didn't make a come comeback. running after her. Sometimes they do. Some, uh, well, let's sure not did, give people the wrong idea. It was too late. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Sometimes they do come back. That's another podcast. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. This was not, not the case. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Continue. Uh, <laughs> moving on. We're friends on Facebook. It's fine. It's fine. Right, of course. Um, so I was getting married, and my husband wanted to travel for a year just take off and travel for a year. And I was kind of at that point doing the same work over and over again. So we had built this big men's library and then they wanted to do it for women's and kids and home. And it was just kind of the same. Right. And I just wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. I had interviewed at Tory Birch because they wanted to build an archive. Okay. And I'm trying to think of the timeline. I had interviewed at Tory Birch. I hadn't heard back. It was several months, maybe three or four months. My husband wanted to travel, and so I just quit my job. Mm. I wanted to be just fresh, as fresh as can be for the wedding. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I quit my job, I don't know, three or four weeks before the wedding. And then maybe two weeks before the wedding, I got the job offer at Tory Birch. And I said, well, you know, if you really want to travel, you know, I'll decline it. And he said, well, let's see what they're offering. Get you know, a check, baby. Get yeah. a check. <laughs> like, let's see what they're. Hey, offering. Mom, like, where did you guys go for the year of right. travel? I can't wait to have that conversation. So they made. So we had a bunch of conversations. They made an offer. It was a really great offer, and I was like, "Honey, they made this really great offer." And he was like, "Well, I still want to travel." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and I said, well, "Why were we waiting for this information? You know, why did you need all the data points?" Right. I needed to know what I was turning down. (laughs) (laughs) Just in case. And I I spoke to them and asked if I could get like a little grace period, six months to travel, et cetera. They wanted to get started right away. And I said to him, listen, it's a great opportunity. I want to take it for my career. I don't know if it's it's a niche role that I have. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's going to come again. So I took it. And we did not travel for a year. But we took, but we took many trips. Okay, saved our vacation time. We <laughs> took three week trips here and there. That ain't out. bad. Yeah, we we really we went to Peru for three weeks. We went to India for three weeks. You went to India for three weeks. What part of India did you go to? All around Rajasthan. Oh, we went to yes. a wedding. Um, we went to a wedding and then sort of traveled for a couple more. The wedding, I mean, it was an Indian wedding, so it was like a week long. So then we traveled the other <laughs> two weeks. Yeah. Um, and it was amazing. And I had a trip to um, Hong Kong for work. And mm-hmm. so we took extra time and went to um, – well, I went to mainland China. He didn't – I went to mainland China for work, which was fun. He didn't go, interestingly enough. He works for a big tech company. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you can't plug your computer in, <laughs> in mainland China. That's true. <laughs> right. Um, so he stayed in Hong Kong. But then we went to Bali. Mm. And we mm. went to Thailand. Mm-hmm. Love it. And had a great time. So, And that was about a three-week trip, too. So we've taken these, like, epic right. trips. Right, right. Okay. I mean, now we have two small children, so we don't leave the house ever. So Sounds like you got a few good ones in before <laughs> you. Yeah, before I still that. don't feel sorry for you because that <laughs> still sounds terrific. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. And then I was at Tory Burch for a while, and it was such a growing, emerging company. It was only seven seven years young right. mm-hmm. when um, I joined. And so I took on all of these different roles. I was doing marketing operations and running the archive and doing sort of product sample operations. And um, I was even – I was doing just a, a whole menu of things. Um, and then I got pregnant – and while I was on maternity leave, my husband was like, I've never seen you happier. Oh, on leave. On leave. Oh. Mm-hmm. You are so calm and relaxed. And listen, having a newborn is not relaxing. Right. And I think you've been dreaming about starting your own business. I think you should do it. Aww. So when he, you know, look, I, I having been through the sort of ebbs and flows of leaving corporate, having to go back, wanting to go back, 
um, it's hard to make a decision to leave stability, to leave, you know, an income. What was your immediate thought when he said that to you? Were you like, are you crazy or it's on? I mean, a little bit of both, okay. honestly. I Was he right, by the way, when he said, you know, you, you seem so much happier and calmer? He was right. And I and that was confirmed because the months leading up to my maternity leave, everyone's like, you are killing it at work. <laughs> and it was, you know, mostly because I was like, I'm going to be off for three months. Right, yeah, right. You know, I just was, you know, things would go not my way. And I'd be like, it's OK, guys, because I won't be here <laughs> next week. <laughs> and I was just much more relaxed at that time. Mm-hmm. Um but it was something I always knew I wanted to do, and I really believed that I would, and I was looking for the right time. And I think he, his sentiments confirmed it's never the right time. Just do it. I know you. You're going to succeed. And even if you don't, that's okay. And I was like, what if we spend all our money? And he said, that's okay. He's I very supportive. Him. I'd like to meet your husband. Yes. <laughs> He's a very supportive He's a very supportive. Shout husband. out to people who can be the catalyst for our Bali change. Moments. Yeah, for sure. It helps if they've gone to Bali with you. Perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I think I think part of that is you know there's a recognition on his part that it is going to be challenging and perhaps potentially uncomfortable. You know, and as you sort of navigate this new world, so definitely. But sure. also wanting to per- encourage her to pursue yeah. her highest. You know point of happiness professionally was it, personally all of it was it um did you have an idea in mind or did you have palopia in mind or did you have something else in mind i had palopia in mind i had been given different nudges along the years that i should do interior decorating and i knew very firmly that i don't want clients <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, so I, that, I, I was just on the phone with my mother talking about I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I get it. I just, you know, I just wanted to do my own creative creativity. I wanted to have my own creative voice and not have to conform mm-hmm. into something. I mean, I knew from a retail perspective, you have to kind of conform and make a cream color pillow for you know every boring people every (laughs) pink pillow you make but um i knew i didn't want to do that and i really i i feel like i found i saw a gap in the market i where you could furnish your home with really interesting global products but not have to spend three hundred dollars a pillow i mean by the time you're done with your couch we're talking thousands of dollars i know it's kind of ridiculous (laughs) well can i ask why Pillows. When I think of home design or interior design, that is not my first thought. Although a pillow can transform a room in my limited experience. Like if I can't afford the new couch, that's where I am right now. But I did a modest like rework of my apartment last year and just getting the new pillows and painting the walls. But I got a whole new room. But why pillows? Why not? I don't know. Why not uh, throw rugs or why not vases or why like is there something about a pillow that appealed to you? Well, to me, I I love pillows. I sleep with like twelve pillows. Nice. Not really. I, I it's like five, but there's just something cozy about it. It feels like you know when you just lean back and rest into your couch mm-hmm. with your cozy pillows, you mm-hmm. just feel. You feel good. Yes, that's very true. I mean, I knew it was a smaller item. It was more attainable. Yeah. I knew a lot about textiles, and right. I knew a lot of textile manufacturers. And I wanted something that I could put my mark on from, like, a print and design standpoint that mm-hmm. wouldn't be too expensive to start up. And then I wanted to expand from there. And we tried along the, you know— the first couple of years to do some hard goods, but the soft goods seem to be really what speak to me. Mm-hmm. Well, what was it? Talk to me a little bit. Talk to us a little bit about um, those first few months or the first year. What what was happening? It was horrible. <laughs> oh, no. 
I can tell by the look on her face. She's my like, little oh, God. speech about everybody's fired up in the beginning. <laughs> no. She's like, yeah, no. I was fired me. up. I was fired up for sure. But I think the things that I thought were going to be hard were really not hard. And the things that I thought would be easy would were really not easy. Mm. You know, sort of sitting down and designing was new to me in a way. Mm-hmm. And it was really challenging to get the quality and effect that I was looking for on the materials. Um, I really had to hone that. And I think through a better network of manufacturers and talking to people and kind of honing those design skills, we've come to a good place now. But in the beginning, I would produce, produce, produce samples, and I just didn't like anything. And I felt like time was ticking. My husband had paternity leave, so he was watching our daughter. And... I felt like this is the moment. These are the three months I have to get this off the ground. It's pretty aggressive, right? Three months. I mean, that goes by fast. It was crazy. It was crazy. And were you working just by yourself? Did you have any help? I was working just by myself. Um, And, you know, my daughter was still seven. She was seven months old at the time, seven to ten months. And so there were a lot of needs there. So there wasn't really a full work day available to Mm me. Um, but we had this meeting. I knew that if we started a business, and I was very serious about it, you know. Right. I, so I said, we need an accountant. You know, our taxes are very straightforward, but I don't know anything about business, you know, personal business accounting. We need an accountant. Smart woman. <laughs> I tell everybody. Wait, had you quit, Tori, at this time? I had, yes. Okay. Yes. All right. I quit at the end of my maternity leave when I decided. I was really back and forth, honestly. And then I thought, one, I didn't want to leave my daughter. You know, it's long hours in fashion. Right, it's, right. it's, you know, early mornings, late nights. So I didn't want to leave her. And my husband was like, just do it. Just start this business. So we found an accountant who specializes in small businesses. And I said, you know, let's have an in-person meeting with her and really discuss the brass tacks. And she was like, nobody ever comes into the office. This is so nice. <laughs> And I was asking her all these questions, and we were going back and forth, and she just turned to me. She's very much an accountant. Like, the emails are just bam, 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 very straightforward. But there was this one moment she turns to me and she says, the only difference I see – you know, she works with a lot of Mm -hmm. small businesses. The only difference I see in which ones succeed and which don't is perseverance. Hmm. Mm. And I have taken that with me throughout this process. She's like, you know, one or two years, if you give up in the first two years, it's not going to happen. But every, not every, but most of the businesses I see that keep going three, four, five years. It's usually five. The five-year mark is when you start to see, you know, either progression or decline. And is (laughs) this your five-year mark? This is my, what is it, three and a, it's like three, four years. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It depends how you count it. Like but you're killing the game right now. So <laughs> I, I, we didn't really enumerate the many places because your products now you have you've got a store in Brooklyn and you're all over stores all over the country. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, sorry. I'm wait. sorry. Oh, I'm giving it away. Wait. Sorry, we're giving I, it away. I have, tell your story, girl. I'm no, sorry. I, I have a ton of that. like. I I, I want to stick to this beginning part because I think that's the. Like, I really want to hear what those beginning months were like. Okay. Because one of the things is in 2015, you know, it's now it's five years ago. um, But one of the things, you know, social media and Instagram, like, did you think when you started, okay, the first thing I'm going to do is start Instagram? Was that even part of your business thought process after the accountant? Like, we'll, we'll, you know, I don't really want to, like, what did you think about marketing? Was social media part of that? It was definitely part of it. Okay. I think I thought it would be more explosive. Really? Organically. Mm -hmm. Okay. um, Than it actually was. I mean, obviously, I needed to get the branding and everything settled in the first set of designs. But once I did that and got the website up and running, which I did all by myself. It's a beautiful beautiful website. Honestly, perusing it, it made me want to lie down. Yeah. And if, that's the, if, that, if that's, <laughs> that's the effect you're going for, that's, effect. that's your palopia. That's yes. your happy place. Yes. Gosh, it all makes sense now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mission accomplished. Okay. Great job. But I, I didn't have a budget for advertising. I didn't have a budget for marketing. I thought 
I thought people would find the site through keywords. I don't know what I was thinking. See, because today, so you you, you know you think about find the site through keywords. You know, today I don't even if if I were to launch a brand, I would not think of a website at all. I would just think of Instagram. Yes. You I mean, know. it really is your front door. It is. But this I. It, but this was 2015. So, yeah. At the time, I don't think I placed as much importance on Instagram. I really wanted to No, it wasn't that. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. That's what it, it's just so interesting how quickly these things evolve. It, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's a huge focus right. now. And I have a small team now working on it. And, you know, we really work on the content and being our authentic selves with our pillows. <laughs> of course. We're trying to push a hashtag for anyone out there who'd like to use it called a pilfy. That's where you take a picture <gasps> of yourself with a pillow. Okay, I, I kind of love gonna that. We're going to need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> we have to we have to why not? That's a amazing. Today. I know. Shucks. <laughs> we can grab one in the lobby. We can. Take a picture. We'll do. We should have thought we should have told you to bring a pillow. I should have. I brought you a little a little gift, but it's not. Oh, a that's lovely. It doesn't didn't fit in my purse. Pillow. That's so funny. <laughs> that's right. So you I like walking you. down the street <laughs> with Wait. these two pillows. So you do all of your own marketing. So just from that, how did you then get your explosive ten thousand Instagram following? <laughs> so the next year, I got pregnant with my son. Lucas, shout out Lucas. Hi, and Lucas. Annabelle is my daughter. Hi, Annabelle. Oh. And Annabelle. And they I'm drew sure in the followers. Yeah. Um, and I basically did nothing that year. I was like, I'm going to enjoy this. I run my own business. I'm just going to pack, pick and pack orders. I'm not going to produce anything new. And I just kind of hung out with him. How many, I mean, were you getting, you were obviously getting orders, but how did, how did that ramp up for you? So once Lucas was kind of in the world yeah. <laughs> and feeling good, I realized I needed to invest in something. And what was that going to be? And it just made sense to invest in a PR person. Yeah. Mm, nice. It seemed like that would be the thing that could push me forward. So I did that. I have a great PR partner. She's still my PR partner. She is an independent contractor. I couldn't afford an agency. And she kind of like ebbs and flows with me. She, you know, if things are... You know, we have a lot of inventory coming in. She's like, let's ramp it up. And then in, you know, slower months, she'll be like, let's ramp it down. She can really work with me on it. And she got us all these incredible placements. Amazing. Mm. And, you know, I never – I didn't realize that there were independent PR people whose services were available. I thought everybody had to go through an agency. So that, we may that's need a her PSA. Name. For, <laughs> yeah, for anybody who's looking to just elevate their profiles, you don't have to go with the big huge. Do you want to plug her right now? Uh, sure. Yeah. Her it. name is Emily Bernstein. Her company is called PMPR. She's based in Los Angeles, but obviously works with a national network. Love it. Perfect. She's amazing. All She's right. amazing. All okay. Right. So she helped to get you to the next. Yes. And her also in- your perseverance. Of and course. perseverance. Her info's on our website if you'd like it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Under the PR tab. Okay. Um, so that was big. And I think another big moment was. We were going to L.A. as a family for my cousin's daughter's bat mitzvah. And I said, Emily, we're going to be in L.A. Let's take some meetings. Right. Mm-hmm. Had so you met in person before we this? We had not. We had had many a phone conversation, mm-hmm. but not in person. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny because she said, I think, you know, I think I'm going to book a hotel room. Um, I used to work with this great hotel. And I think I'm going to book a room so we can have people come in and you could just meet them. Bam, bam, bam. Like she's very – she's like – These would be PR. potential buyers, yes. right? Okay. She nice. was like, you know, buyers, editors, Anybody, whoever, yeah. interior decorators that I know. Let's do it. Nice. So I thought, great. And she was like, the room's not available. There's a freaking bat mitzvah there. <laughs> <laughs> and like, was what? this your cousin's bat mitzvah? And she was like, it's actually someone I know. And I was like, you know my cousin? <laughs> Whoa. And she used to live across the hall when they he was renovating his place, and he, they had a temporary apartment across the hall from her apartment. What and a small world. And they knew each but other not. well. <laughs> That's and amazing. he's like a super successful Los Angeles, you know, mover and shaker. So I feel like. Oh, I think your brother told me about him. He's his idol. Yeah. <laughs> Notice we talked not about work at all. Your brother came in to talk to me about a product, and we ended up talking about. The L.A. guy and you for 20 minutes. I love it. Nice. I know. I mean, my brother is like a real inspiration to me. He is a quintessential salesperson 
And I always knew growing up I would work really hard and do okay, and he would be like a game show host. (laughs) (laughs) And that's kind of what happened. Yeah. Nice. (laughs) So we'll have your brother on next week. You should. You should. Um, But that experience really changed things for me. She set up – I mean, I can't even count the meetings we had in that one day. It was incredible. We didn't get the room because of the bar mitzvah. And we just went around in her car and went to a million appointments. And then she would just roll up to stores. Let's go in this store. Let's talk to these people. And she was so unafraid and unapologetic. Is there a buyer here? Can we talk to a buyer? I had never. I love it. We love her. the pavement. Yeah. Yes. Grassroots. We got into a bunch of stores there, a bunch of editorial. And it was really I mean, a great meeting. You mean, um, you know, set of meetings. So out of those meetings, you got into a bunch of, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Wholesale were you, opportunities. Were you like, oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> what were you wearing this day? Did you like get all gussied up? It's like, I am the face of my brand. <laughs> it's Yeah. I mean, a little bit. And I had a really good bag. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah, look helps. the part. Yeah. Listen. I brought... Um, the Tory Burch Rodeo Drive special edition <laughs> tote bag. Get it? When they launched that store. Power so I could, dressing. You know, have a connection to right. Los Angeles. Nice. And then a couple weeks later, I went down to Charleston for an event and I was like, I'm going to take my wares and just go to stores like Emily did. <gasps> I learned that. Yes. I learned that trick. Yeah. And I'm going to see what happens. And every store we went into, we were so positively received. And, you know, there were some stores that it was just kind of retail staff, and they were like, I'll pass your information. But every store that we went into with a buyer, I would say 80% of them bought from the line right what, there on the spot. That is amazing. It is. What do you think, what differentiated your product? What What was it that they, you know, keyed into? Was it you and the Tory Burch bag presenting the product? Or do you think there's something about the product that they thought, this is very unique, this is very different? I think it's the the design and the price point. The price point. Okay. You know, that mm-hmm. price Myth. value yeah. proposition. How would you describe your design aesthetic? You know, that's interesting. I had a meeting with one of the sort of heads of design at one of these e-interior design companies. Mm-hmm. Recently, she came to my house. She wanted to see, you know, where, where the magic happens <laughs> mm-hmm. or where it used to. We have an office now. Um and she just wanted to kind of check out. She, she moved was to New nosy. York. She, <laughs> she moved to New York a couple months ago or like a year ago now. We've just become like sort of coffee mate friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I asked her how she would describe my design aesthetic. And she was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just. I, I say it's Scandinavian maximalist. Ooh. That's how I describe it. But when, when we moved into the house my husband and I purchased um, in 2012, he said, well, you're, you're obviously going to decorate. What are, you, what are you thinking? And I was like, I just want every room to make you feel alive. Yeah. And he, was, he looked terrified, first of all. And then he was like, that's not a design <laughs> Psychedelic <aesthetic."> light. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That could go many different ways. Right. But I like, you know, I like color and I like everything we do. It's not really... A pro- it's not something that we market. Maybe we should, but everything is a natural material. Right. Everything's either cotton or linen or silk or wool because that's just what I like. Mm-hmm. That's what feels comfortable to me. Um, and I feel, you know, it's one of the things I learned at Ralph Lauren is, you know, you get something and it, it should last you right. a yeah. long time. It For should sure. be like a quality piece and maybe it gets a little hole and you repair it and that's part of the beauty Gets drool on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can wash it. I yeah. mean, I hate these things that are like so precious. I know. Well, I think uh, you know. Last year, I was trying to figure out some decorating points for my apartment. I was having a hard time because uh, I can't do any of that stuff. But something someone told me um, was that you know you don't have to. You just get things that you like, and it doesn't have to go to. I mean, I ended up having someone help me, but. Um, just get things that you like because ultimately the things that you like will make up the space and you'll love it. You know, it's not so much about, you know, what other people think, just pull in things that you love and it'll become, you know, whatever. But that that didn't go too well. So I brought, I, uh, Are you kidding? I no, no, I, I have I had someone help me, mm-hmm. um, but because great pillows, by the way. 
I need I need pillows. Wait, so 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 I'll give you the family price. All right, <laughs> but Flopia also has other things. Yes, tell us about those, yeah. please. Well, it's most. And how did you branch out with yeah. like? Did it first start with pillows, and then you're like, wait, there's sheets too. Well, you know, I really I I went back and forth about the name of the company because I didn't want to be like Burlington Coat Factory more than great coats. Like I didn't want to have to keep explaining it over and over again. <laughs> but it just. It, it felt right. You know, it's my name mm-hmm. at the end of it. It mm-hmm. feels cozy and comfortable to me. But I wanted to start with a couple of other items. So when we launched, we did have a couple of other things. I'm trying to think what they were. We had some, like, olive wood pieces and different wholesale items that I had purchased to, like, fill out the assortment that I wasn't ready to produce myself. Mm-hmm. And that was another um, sort of key piece of advice that I got when I started. I had a friend who had a really successful company, an event planning company, and I said, you know, give me the tips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what what do I need to know? And she said, listen, and she, it was very tailored to me. She was like, I know you. You're a perfectionist. <laughs> You're going to incubate for God knows how long. Don't mm. do it. Mm. Just put something out there and, and, see what and you'll just refine refine and you'll find what works what doesn't work and that's we've really just been throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what is successful and then expanding those assortments so we have a small tabletop collection now we have placemats and coasters you have uh, these really cool bags we have these net market bags that are currently at macy's, at macy's. we just launched in macy's oh, isn't that amazing oh. and they're so cool they're really cool. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Big Thank time. you. I'm so excited about big it. Time. How did that happen? Like, what, what was the moment that got you into one of the biggest retailers in the world? So I have no idea. I got a phone call. <laughs> I've realized, you know, there's like that Woody Allen line, 90, 95, 90% of life is showing up. I realized, like, just answer all the calls. Just, you know, take whatever comes. So I, I get this call. I pick up the phone. It's Macy. It's a buyer from Macy's. And she's like, you know, we've just been following you for a long time. (laughs) You know, I I, I feel like there's so many points we could pull out to tell people. But I think that's such an important one. Take all the calls. You know, no matter what you're doing or if you're looking for another gig, talk to everyone. Yes. Do not dismiss anyone. I suggest it. (laughs) That'll make me change my whole life. There's a whole graveyard in my phone of people I don't talk to. No, meaning when you're looking for opportunities. Oh, in in, business. In business, yeah. (laughs) We'll save the personal one for another one. I didn't mean, yeah. But in business, when you're trying to do new, you know, talk to everyone, I think that's excellent, excellent point. 100%. And. So you had no, you didn't go after this. I did not go after that account. I mean, I've definitely gone after other accounts, (laughs) but that I didn't, I didn't think we were the necessarily the right fit for Macy's, but they launched this concept that's sort of like a cute kind of forward thinking shop and shop right on their ground floor called Story. And they are curating like interesting, unique assortments down in this space. The one on 34th Street? Yes. I was just there, and I had not set foot in Macy's for at least 10 years and happened to be leaving a, a client closing right around the, the corner this past Tuesday mm. and was like, I need tights. <laughs> so walking to the subway, I'm like, let me stop in Macy's. They might have some tights because i got to run in them. And... I think I might have seen that in the works. I'm like, oh, this is different because I'm yeah. thinking it's just like perfect. This is awesome. It's a new concept. And funny enough, my husband and I had our first sort of date at Macy's. Stop it. <laughs> so what's it's their, all what's their theme circle. like? Watch the magic yeah. or the magic Was it Christmas time? Thing? No. So this is sort of so, – we met in college, but I was dating the other guy in college. That's right. Anyway, there's a, a long story to this, but he moved to New. But my now husband moved to New York, and I saw him on the subway one day, and I said, "Are you in New York?" I emailed him that night. "Are you in New York?" You know, for a trip, or he was living in Seattle. Um, Wait, so when you saw him on the subway, you didn't say hi? I didn't. I think that looks like so. Okay, correct. And I didn't tell him until years later, many years later, that I was actually on the subway car with him. But I just, I didn't. (gasps) I was not in like a a 
a state to talk to somebody. Yes. Like most so, New Yorkers. Right. Long. Yes. I didn't feel like, you know, yelling across the... Anyway. Mm-hmm. So I email him and he said, I just moved to New York three days ago. <gasps> and we start. I was like, oh, great. Come to a happy hour. Anyway, we started hanging out and becoming friends and my friend group and his friend group. We would all hang out. And then one evening we realized we wanted to be more than just more than just friends and we had decided this in the way people do you know making out in front of his apartment mm. and <laughs> i don't think people decide anything anymore but that's also for another podcast <laughs> nature took its course yes. nature took its course and we weren't ready to tell the friend group yet. So two days later, three days later, something like that, we were all going to meet for Korean barbecue. Yes. And what's right near Macy's town is Macy's. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, it it might be a little awkward that we're not telling anybody yet. And I was like, why don't you meet me an hour before at the Macy's furniture floor? (laughs) Oh, my God. Your happy place. Yes. And we sat on leather couches and just, you know. Envisioned your future life in your own living room. Exactly. This could be ours. (gasps) Because there's no one up there. It's like, I don't know, the seventh, eighth floor. It's like completely empty. Friends, you have a little tip. Macy's Furniture Store. I mean, it's free. (laughs) You can hang out. (laughs) Yeah. So we, and then we finished our little pre-date and walked over to Korean Barbecue and didn't say a word. And then the rest is history. And the rest is history. And so it's all you're full circle in now. Macy's. Yes. Selling product on that same furniture store. Wow. So this Not is the, the same floor, where, where but the same, same store. I know. That's at least amazing. our bags are on the ground floor. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Pick up a bag and head up to furniture. That's you know, so exciting. What do you think, where do you think the company is going to be in five years? What's your hope? I mean, my hope is that we become a household name. And I think you really have to dream big. Absolutely. You know, everybody has imposter syndrome. Nobody knows what they're doing. And you just have to believe in yourself and keep going. You hear that, Preeti? We can't (laughs) give up. We can't give up. Okay. That sounds great. I mean, I want to be a household name. Palopia. I I definitely. Palopia. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, yeah. It's very Googleable because nobody else has. No. It's all my company when it comes up. I should say R because we have a. A little set of employees, a team, which I love. I really miss that, leaving corporate. I mean, I would talk to hundreds of people a day, yeah. and then I'm just, you know, sitting by myself with a bunch of pillows. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I, I actually, you have mentioned that you got a lot of wisdom along the way. Yes. Just now, you know, you're, you're I won't say at the top of your game, because I believe that there are higher heights that you and the company will ascend to. But are you starting to reach back and encourage other young folks looking to make a break from corporate or just follow a crazy wild dream? At yeah, this I mean, I think everyone should follow their dream. I mean, you have to be pragmatic about the the dollars and cents mm-hmm. involved. But, you know, I really would recommend going through that process of working for somebody who's really successful at what they're doing. I mean, that's just such an education. Yeah. Um, but then when you feel like you've done the groundwork and you want to get started, I say just do it. There's never a good time. So if you had not made that shift and started your own company, where do you think your life would be now? I would probably be doing, you know, fashion operation budgets, yeah. At some other company. <laughs> what would we be ending Q4 right now? It would be the worst. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I'm we... glad you didn't, and I'm glad you set out because you have motivated me. Yeah, oh. me too. I'm and sure I'm glad people. you could come and chat with us today. Guys, check out Palopi on Instagram. Check out their stories because they feel like your stories always have the latest and greatest information to see where you can find some of the products. Of course, the website at Pilopia.com. Um, can can folks visit you at the Brooklyn Studio? So the Brooklyn Studio, it's in Bushwick. It's our office slash showroom. Mm-hmm. Anybody can visit by appointment because we're not always there. Okay. But it's, it's on, I got my Google Maps location. Yeah. You can find us there and you can definitely visit and shop. We have tons of vintage and, um, you know, our brand and then world textiles. And it's really nice to shop that in person. And then we're in over 150 stores around the company, uh, around the country. So you can look at our store list, like small boutique, Baller. brick and mortar, 
stores in your area. Or Macy's. Or, or Macy's. Macy's. Thank you so much, Pia. We will Thank come visit you. you in Bushwick. And that's it for us. That's it for us. Oh, and to our hopefully growing listener base, please follow us on Instagram at the underscore Bali underscore effect. She got it. <gasps> yep. Thank God. <laughs> Follow us on social media. We'll catch you next week. And subscribe if you like us. Bye. Mwah!